Hi, and welcome to the Wise Healthy Bites podcast. I'm Beth. And I'm Catherine. With a combined 27 years of experience as registered dietitians, we're here to share real-life nutrition tricks and lifestyle tips that we hope will inspire you to make healthful choices in the aisles of the supermarket and in life. This is episode number 10, Mythbusters. And on today's episode, we're going to separate the myths from the facts on some of the most frequently misunderstood nutrition topics. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. Um, I really love today's topic because we're going to set the record straight when it comes to some common nutrition topics that often come up in the media, especially now that it's the new year. Um, We just seem to be, we're bombarded with commercials and news articles about diets and cleanses and just all the stuff. So (laughs) today we picked six myths that we're going to talk about. And so, Beth, let's get right started. Right. Thank you. Yeah. And it was almost hard to limit to six. It was. There are so many misconceptions out there, so we're definitely excited to dive right in. Um, So myth number one, um, eggs are bad for you, and especially the yolks. And this is something I feel like I've heard for as long as I've been a dietitian, for sure. And the science continues to change for the better, which I love. And we're really going to kind of break that down in a moment. But So eggs have really been vilified for years because of their cholesterol content. So one egg yolk has about 200 milligrams of cholesterol, and previous versions of the Dietary Guidelines for Americans recommended no more than 300 milligrams of cholesterol per, per day. day. Right. So, and the interestingly, recent recommendations from the American Heart Association, the American Diabetes Association, and the most current version of the Dietary Guidelines for Americans no longer limit that cholesterol intake, and they include eggs as part of a healthy diet. Um, and really, there's more than 40 years of research that confirms this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And what they're finding is that other dietary factors like the saturated fat, like the trans fat that is in some foods, those are what is shown to be more detrimental to your heart disease risk, not the cholesterol. Um, And really, there's no evidence that the cholesterol in eggs translates to higher blood cholesterol. So the cholesterol that we eat in food and the cholesterol that's in our blood is really only very weakly related. Right. And again, it's just like you said, like 40 years of different uh, research and, you know, science is really kind of confirm that. And really, eggs are so incredibly good for they you. They are. The um, incredible egg. That's right. Um, and they're also very affordable. Um, you know, we're all kind of trying to give d- different sources of protein in our diet, and eggs are just really one of those great sources. So for one egg, you would get around 80 calories and six grams of, you know, very quali- uh, very quality, satisfying protein. Um, eggs are also one of those foods that are one of the few natural sources of vitamin D. Um, so this aids bone health and the immune system. Um, and vitamin D is one of those nutrients that a lot of us are deficient in, especially if you're living in an area of the country that you just don't have easy access to sun exposure year round. Um, Right, because sun converts to vitamin D in the body. Exactly. So sun is really, uh, I'm sorry, so uh, eggs are just one of those easy sources to include in your diet. Um, So there's around 3 million cases of vitamin D deficiency in the U.S., which is just kind of a fun fact there. Yeah, so eggs also are a source of choline, which we probably don't hear a whole lot about, but it helps our metabolism, our liver function. It's actually really important for pregnant women. Um, And then there's also carotenoids, lutein, and zeaxanthin, and those have been found to reduce the risk of cataracts and macular degeneration, um, which are the leading causes of blindness in people 55 and older. Right. And I think, again, just to, you know, to go back to, these are all nutrients that are really in the yolk. Right. You're like eliminating the yolk and really only using the white, which to me just seems so wasteful. I mean, you can purchase just the egg whites themselves if there's a reason. But, you know, if you're purchasing the whole egg, use it. Right. And that's a really good point to mention. Like 
those things are in the oak. Right. Um, so eggs are also the perfect complement to a plant-based eating pattern. So we know that we're all, you know, kind of recommending more mm-hmm. plant foods That's in your where diet. That's going, yeah. Um, and this is a great source of that, that protein for sure. Um, so you can incorporate them a- along with other whole grains, fruits and vegetables and so forth. Um, so, uh, you know, a good comparison too is that... Um, when you're eating eggs, if you're considering what you're pairing it with. So yes. there's kind of some different versions. So if you're thinking of maybe the diner on the weekend and you're having, you know, eggs with sausage, home fries, mm-hmm. white toast, lots of butter, that's not necessarily how we would incorporate eggs right. regularly into a healthy eating pattern. Now, con- on the, the flip side, scrambled eggs, maybe some salsa, whole wheat English muffin and some fruit. That would be a really great way to incorporate right. them. Yeah, it has a lot to do with the other things you're eating with the eggs, of for course. sure. Which is true for anything, right? Oh, you know what? Yeah, that's a good point. And the evidence to to back up the safety of eggs comes from huge studies. Um, many of them have been conducted at Harvard Medical School, and they followed hundreds of thousands of people over decades. And so they you know, saw what these people were eating. They saw the disease conditions that they developed over time. And what these studies found is that there was not a higher rate of heart attacks, strokes, or other cardiovascular diseases in people who ate up to one egg per day. Right. I mean, you consider the Harvard Medical School and the credibility. Right, exactly. I mean, it says it right there. And I think it's good to note... Um, um, you know, of course, if you do have heart disease or diabetes or have a hard time controlling your LDL cholesterol, which is the bad cholesterol, if you will, it's really important to pay close attention to what you eat. And then you really want to be aware of how much saturated fat and cholesterol in combination that you're consuming. Right, exactly. So it's not like a license to go out and eat dozens right. of eggs on the regular. Yes. Um, you know, everything fits, you know, so here's just something you want to just be right. aware of. So in summary on this one, kind of, you know, up to one egg per day is fine. It's not going to increase your risk for heart disease um, and most importantly. Importantly, watch what you're eating it with, yes, you know, exactly. as well. Make that a balanced breakfast or a snack or something like that. So, um, okay. So our next myth is really timely for the new year. You should do a detox every once in a while. So simple answer, no. <laughs> um, so our bodies are really very intricately designed systems. They already have mechanisms for removing any toxins. And there is simply no evidence out there that not eating or, you know, having only juice for any period of time makes our liver or our kidneys do any better job or re- removes toxins. And all I can think about when I hear this myth is this one commercial out there Mm -hmm. and saying we have 20 pounds of sludge in our bodies and it needs to be removed. And I was like, no, it's definitely that's working from the fear factor angle. (laughs) It is. They're using like scare tactics to scare you into thinking that you need to buy their product and really you just don't. Definitely. And so, yeah, something like that, detox products, I mean, they're not available by prescription. They're, you know, sold um, kind of in different retail stores, spas, the internet or, or wherever. You're, they're often very costly. Again, they're not effective and they're a lot of them are not regulated. So it's That's something that you're true. putting yourself at risk for, especially if you have other health conditions and or if you're taking prescription medication. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's just a lot that kind of goes into consuming something like that. So, um, you know, if you're experiencing fatigue, unexplained weight loss or gain changes in how you feel that persist um, for a few days, definitely visit your doctor. Yeah, exactly. And in general, with any of these detox products, um, and even just diet advice in general, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Right. And I think kind of if you're thinking of, you know, oh, I just need to restart my eating habits. Right. I mean, going back to whole grains, fruits and vegetables. Right. Just meats. go back to the basics. Right. That's kind of like a self, you know, kind of imposed reset yeah. that you can almost um, get back on track exactly. with easily. Yeah. All right. 
Beth, what's next? So um, a gluten-free diet is healthier than kind of a traditional yeah. diet. So um, just a quick um, explanation. Gluten is a protein that's found in wheat, barley, rye, and anything made from those grains. So it could be condiments, um, you know, different types of other products as well. People with celiac disease cannot eat gluten. Um, and when they do, it triggers an inflammatory response in their body and can cause long-term damage to their small intestine. So a lifelong gluten-free diet is really the only treatment for the management of mm-hmm. um, celiac disease. Mm-hmm. So for the general population, the presence or absence of gluten is not related to the quality of one's diet. Right, exactly. And so it really is your overall food choices what matters, not mm-hmm. whether or not, again, there's gluten in that product. So let's say, for instance, someone's like, I'm going gluten-free. Well, if this is a person whose diet you know, really contains a lot of processed foods, like tons of cookies or baked goods and like overdoing it on just anything, if they switch to a gluten-free diet, they're eliminating those foods and then they're going to eat fruits and vegetables and lean meats and just like other healthful foods. Sure, they might result that might result in some weight loss or feeling better, but it's not necessarily because they removed the gluten. It's mm-hmm. because they removed those certain foods and added healthier foods in. Exactly. So it's just a natural and a positive you know, side effect of it. Um, and on the other hand, if the same person would then substitute gluten-free breads, pastas, cookies into their diet without increasing their intake of healthful gluten-free foods, again, like those fruits and vegetables, you know, again, that quality of diet may decrease. um, And since many gluten-free foods are processed um, and, you know, generally lower in fiber, vitamins and minerals, you know, then you're just really kind of compromising the overall quality of your diet and you're not getting ahead. So it's in general not, it's not a healthier diet, especially if you're misinformed and you're not going about it in the right approach. Exactly. So if you don't have celiac disease, if you don't have some sort of sensitivity to gluten, you know, don't worry about having to eat gluten-free. You do not need to do that. Mm Um, Oh, so next, eating fat will make you fat is our next myth. So really, again, the answer is no. So consuming fat is not the cause of weight gain. Um, So the research shows that low-fat diets don't increase your chances of losing weight or reducing your risk of heart disease or any other diseases compared to higher fat diets. Um, Our bodies need fat to function properly. Um, And along with that, it helps us enjoy our food more because fat adds flavor to foods and um, it helps you feel fuller after Mm -hmm. eating a meal. Well, and really some, um, you know, vitamins like vitamins A, C, or vitamins A, D, E, and K, for example. I mean, some uh, vitamins, you actually need the fat to absorb to absorb. So it is important to note that. And it's also important to, to clarify that the type of fat matters. So just like we discussed with the eggs and, you know, kind of the, the combination of cholesterol or saturated fat, saturated fat is really the concern. You want to try to focus on more unsaturated fat sources in your diet. And those are really coming from olive oil, from nuts, from seeds, from avocados, our favorite, um, um, from fatty fish, tuna, salmon, mackerel, and so forth. So those are the great choices. Yeah, really it really does. Yeah, the type of fat you're eating does make a difference. Um And if you are someone who's watching your calories, um, fat does provide more calories per gram than protein or carbs. So if you're monitoring your calories, kind of be mindful of portions of foods that contain more fats. Like the thing that comes to mind for me is like the nuts, like Mm -hmm. keeping it to a handful of nuts. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to... I was just going to say, that could be a tough one. (laughs) I know. Um, So yeah, just being mindful of that um, if you're 
worried about calories. Yeah, that's a, a great recommendation. Um, and now this one's definitely kind of a, a, a widespread one. Um, you know, we know we want to recommend more fruits and vegetables. And there's sometimes that misconception that organic fruits and vegetables are better for you than the conventionally grown varieties. Um, so research really shows there's no nutritional differences between organic and conventionally grown foods. Uh, we don't need to be worried about the pesticide residue. It's very extremely low with the benefits of eating fruits and vegetables that really outweigh any risk that you would get from consumption of right and we know that i think it's like one in ten americans is eating enough fruits and vegetables Mm -hmm. which is really a concern um Mm -hmm. so we really need to be eating our fruits and vegetables so there's a website called safefruitsandveggies.com and it's run by the alliance for food and farming which is a non-profit nonprofit organization. They represent conventional and organic farmers. Um, and their goal is really to provide credible information about fruits and veggies. And this is really cool. They have a calculator there that shows you how much you would have to eat before even running into a potential risk from any pesticide residue that you might find on fruits and veggies. So an adult woman would need to eat um, 430, 453 servings of strawberries in one day before you even might see a risk. Um, And so a child would need to eat over 5,000 servings of blueberries in one day before you would even maybe see a risk. Mm -hmm. So we really just, again, it's kind of that fear factor. Mm -hmm. We don't want people to be worried about your fruits and veggies. Mm -hmm. And like we said, the the benefit of eating them so greatly outweighs any potential risk. That's right. And that's something we sometimes do hear as a barrier that, oh, organic might be more expensive. And I saw this is why I don't eat enough fruits and vegetables in a day. So hopefully that has like confirmed. Right. We don't. Just don't need to worry about it. And make those a priority. Um, The best advice we can really share is to wash them well under running tap water. uh, And that includes avocados, even watermelons, you know, fruits and or veggies that you may not even consider. Um, Wash them all, bottom line, and, you know, eat more fruits and vegetables. Again, like Catherine said, many of us are not getting enough. There's a ton of um, valuable nutrients in them. um, So just make sure that's a priority on your plate. Exactly. Um, So our final myth for today, and I feel like we would not be doing our due diligence if we didn't talk about this one. So (laughs) keto is the best diet for weight loss. Um, So keto is everywhere right now. Um, (laughs) And and no, this isn't really necessarily it. So um, the little background on keto, it was not intended to be a weight loss diet. So this diet, it's a very low carbohydrate diet. It was introduced in the 1920s by physicians um, because they found that it was a treatment for epilepsy, so seizures. Um, So for a couple of decades, the diet was widely used to reduce seizures in children before um, kind of better medications became available to treat the condition. Yeah. And so the plan itself, um, you know, really focuses on foods that are sources of protein and fat with a very small fraction of calories coming from carbohydrates, which I don't even think of eating in this pattern. I'm like, I could oh never my do goodness. it. No. Yeah. So then you're cutting out a lot of those whole grains, the fruits and vegetables, mm-hmm. the foods that are very, um, you know, they're naturally occurring sources of the good carbs too that you're missing out on. So when carbs are severely restricted, sugar stores in your body are then depleted and the body then turns um, to kind of a different process for providing fuel, which is breaking um breaking down into ketones, which provide energy then for your body and your brain, because your brain really functions on glucose, which is a, a, you know, a breakdown product of carbohydrate foods. So the process puts the body then into the state of ketosis, which may um, result in weight loss. Um, And I think it's really important to note that there's really no, like, Wiggle flexibility room. Yeah. here. The, the diet really must be followed to a T. If you're going to put yourself into t- t- ketosis, k- 
he chooses, well, it's a tough one, <laughs> a tongue twister uh, to be effective. Um, and according to a Harvard review, the keto diet has been shown to have short-term benefits in some people, including weight loss and improvements in total cholesterol, blood sugar, and blood pressure. However, these effects after one year, when compared with other types of conventional weight loss diets, they're not significantly different. And I think it's also important to note just briefly, again, this type of eating pattern may be therapeutic in some conditions. So if right. you're kind of approaching it with a medical um, expert in your, your you know, kind of treatment plan, that's okay. Potentially. Right. Absolutely. But if you're just trying to follow this plan on your own, you really just may be setting yourself up. Right. It is very difficult. Um, and really, when it comes to the science, there is not um, a lot of scientific research when it comes to the long-term effects of the keto diet and having such a huge portion of the diet come from fat. Um, and really, when it comes to healthy eating and weight loss, creating those sustainable lifelong habits, that's what's going to result in the best outcomes. So each year, U.S. News and World Report rings 40 diets from the input. They have a just panel of experts, dietitians, physicians, researchers, um, and they rate diets in seven categories. So how easy is it to follow? The ability to produce weight loss in the short term and the long term. Um, is it nutritionally complete? Is it safe? Um, how is it at preventing, you know, diabetes and heart disease? And this in 20 for 2019, keto ranked at the very bottom, like literally two from the bottom. And the mm -hmm. other one at the bottom was also like a very restrictive, low carbohydrate plan. Mm -hmm. Um so it just kind of shows you, you know, it is very popular right now because I think people want, you know, they're looking for kind of that quick weight loss. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you have to really think of your long-term health, too. Right. And are you learning things that you can sustain? Right. Exactly. Um, and I think, too, I mean if you're even just aware of anything that's like kind of out there, keto is very widely discussed. So it might be something yes. that you're just like, oh, that might be a good fit for me because you hear all of the different claims that are out there. And maybe someone that you know was following the diet and they've had right. some success. Um, but when it really boils down to it and what we would certainly advocate for are the best eating plans, again, that were um, you know shared by the U.S. News and World Report ranking um, the Mediterranean way of eating, the DASH diet, Flexitarian, and WW, which is formerly known, known as Weight, weight Watchers. Watchers. Well, yeah. And flexitarian, <laughs> just to kind of, is like, kind of like... Flexible vegetarian. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. So again, these are really focusing on a variety of different types of foods. You know, it really does um, come down to the whole grains, the fruits and vegetables, you know, beans, legumes, nuts, and things like that, lean meats and seafood. Um, you know, and of course, physical activity and some of those right, things as right. well. Like so making... We think of like a general, like balanced, healthy right, diet. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you kind of think about it over the years, like overarching nutrition advice has not changed. Right. So. so Beth, what is our takeaway? tip for the week. Well, I have to say this was a challenge to narrow it down because we really did cover so much. But I think, um, you know, at the top would be knowing the source of the nutrition info um, and making sure it's coming from a reputable source and really just being wary of news stories that come with sensational headlines, which I kind of feel like this time of year is they're they're just really there. everywhere. Yeah. Um, and like we mentioned earlier, if it seems too good to be true, and that really applies to not just, you know, detox types of um, supplements and things like that, you know, it probably is. So connect with like a reputable, uh, incredible expert to, to exactly. get on a plan that might yes. be better for you. Yep. Good tips. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for tuning in. You can get in touch with us by joining the Wise Dietitians Facebook group. Simply search for Wise Healthy Bites on Facebook, or you can email us at wisedietitians at wisemarkets.com. The information shared in this podcast is intended for education only and is not intended to be a substitute for a medical diagnosis or treatment. The Wise Markets Healthy Bites podcast is owned and distributed by Wise Markets and Sunbury Broadcast.
Broadcasting Corporation. Any rebroadcast or other use of this podcast without the express written consent of Wise Markets and Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation is strictly prohibited. Please click subscribe so you won't miss a single episode.